Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. I mean, this is classic apartment living, but you know what? Screw it. You guys get to listen to it at the front end of today's show. We got somebody banging on the ceiling. We got a trash truck going down the alleyway. They have no respect for me doing a fantasy basketball podcast here in the in the bedroom, surrounded by a three-year-old fantasy draft board. But hello, everybody. Welcome to Fantasy NBA Today. It is the very last... And I know there's another week of the season, but this is the very last week in review episode for this 2022-23 NBA campaign. Next Friday, there's sort of no reason to do a week in review with uh, three days of games left. But this week, there is. Because, in particular, for uh, my, my pals playing Roto out there, you're still stat hunting. Right till the bitter damn end. This is it, man. It's coming down to the wire. Head-to-headers, you guys are likely wrapping it up this weekend if you haven't already. If your head-to-head league goes to the very, very end, I don't know what the hell you're doing here. Although, frankly, now, and we'll talk about this more during the offseason, but head-to-head leagues need to end way earlier now than they used to, and that sucks because it trims the fun part, which is when the games are happening and we can do stuff with our fantasy basketball team. But I think we just have to come to terms with the fact that head-to-head leagues have to be five months long now instead of six. Oh, well. It's a new day. A shining new era is tiptoeing nearer. You guys name that reference? I bet you can. Let's dive in. Oh, first, I'm at Dan Vespers on Twitter. SportsEthos.com is the website, Ethos Fantasy BK. Also, Ethos Fantasy BB. I've seen a really nice uptick in folks hanging out with our baseball crew, and they're going to usher you through a hell of a season. Those dudes have already gotten me a few closers to pick up. And I don't know what the hell I'm doing in fantasy baseball, but damn it, I'm going to be competitive because of Joe Orico in our baseball division over at Ethos Fantasy BB. But look, we got a billion things to talk about. We're doing one show today, mostly because, you know, I think on a lot of Fridays, this would actually be a day to where two shows would make a lot of sense, but there's two two reasons we're only doing one today. Number one is, sale end of the season, a playoff streaming show probably isn't that useful, given most of you are done, or already done, or certainly done on Sunday, Uh, so I don't think that that necessarily needs its own show, and also... Uh, Our DFS guys are going to be doing a live show leading up to lineup lock later today here on YouTube for the folks listening after the fact. Another reason to subscribe, youtube.com slash sports ethos. The DFS guys will be breaking down the card and all the crazy injury news and what to pull from an insane 13 gamer coming up tonight. But we will look at all the teams over the weekend, our typical Friday look ahead. All of that mushed here into one show. But let's dive into the rest of season ads. We'll start things off you guys know how our Friday shows. We got ads, we got chopping blocks, we got holds, we got watch lists, we got injury streams. The injury streams are out of control, by the way. But rest of season ads. Start with the Atlanta Hawks. Folks watching on YouTube are watching me go out of order to how I actually typed them up here. Um, I'm putting uh, Onyeka Okongwu on the ads board again because no matter how awesome he's been, there is still skepticism 
And I, I don't entirely understand why. In fact, his roster ship went down over the last day, presumably because they had, had two days off between ball games. But this is a guy now that is number 89 per game on the season. And over the last month, in 21 minutes a game, he's number 50 in 9-cat. He's a monster. He's going to be a monster for I don't know how long. I have no idea how the Hawks would get off of Clint Capella's contract. I don't know that they can. But it just feels like every week, every month, this thing inches a little bit closer to the Okongwu show. Hasn't gotten all the way there yet, but damned if it's gonna. So hang tight on that one. And then John Collins, who uh, he is more heavily rostered because he has the larger name and and he's been starting all year. But I know he did get dropped in a bunch of spots when he went through a, a pretty significant rough patch right around the trade deadline and then into the coaching change. But he's won his job back. He's in that sort of 28 to 33-minute range. And I know he hasn't been terrific over that stretch, but he's been good enough. And sometimes good enough is all it takes. I think he's like just inside the top 100 over the last couple of weeks. 16 points, 6 boards. The defensive stats will probably come up a little bit. Field goal and free throw are usually decent for him. Um, you know, he, he, for head to head, he has profiled a bit more as a schedule stream type of play, but on his own, he is startable again these days. This is one that I think is going to get a little bit of pushback and that's Jalen Duran, who, uh, continues to sit behind James Wiseman in the Detroit center pecking order because Detroit wants to have the worst pick or the worst record. They want to have the best odds, not just for the number one overall pick, because I know, and we've talked about this a million times, and if there's somebody watching for the first time, please don't yell at me, there is an advantage to having a worse record than the other two teams who are tied with you at the bottom three. By now, everybody basically knows that the bottom three teams have the same probability of getting the first overall pick. But if they all get pushed out of the top three, if three non-bottom three teams lotto in to those top three picks, the worst record gets fourth. There is a reason still to have the worst record. And now for Detroit and Houston and San Antonio, they've sort of done the legwork to be in that bottom three. Tanking a little harder right now doesn't really hurt. They also kind of want to see what James Wiseman is, and that's fine. I understand that part, but that's no reason to give him the bulk minutes as the starter. The bulk minutes for Wiseman right now is because Jalen Duran is better. Simple. He's better. So I like him. Duran can do enough in like 22 minutes per game to be in probably around the top 100 in that range, frankly. Uh, it'll depend a little bit on small sample size stuff here. Do, do the defensive stats come or is it like a week and a half where they're not as much there? So yeah, a lot of it's going to ride on a uh, little bit of a dice roll. But I love Jalen Duran. I love watching him just knock people around. Uh, so I've added him where I can, and uh, look, I love field goal percent, and I love rebounds, and I love defensive stats, and he's going to get you those. Um, the question is how many, and you know, are there games where he gets to push out in front? 
Marvin Bagley is also on my rest of season ads board. You guys know that I am not a Marvin Bagley fan, but that also doesn't mean that I can't be pragmatic. And when he's playing 30 minutes a ball game, he's probably going to be a startable player in most formats. No, he doesn't do much besides field goal percent, points, and rebounds. He's not a great defensive stat guy. Uh, the rebounds also are going to be a little bit of an issue because he's a power forward and not center, but he'll be okay, I think, in, in that department. Uh, but then you're going to have games like the last one where Eugene Omarui outplays him and Bagley has eight points, three boards, and three assists. However, leading up to that, 30 minutes, 41 minutes, 30, 36 minutes, those games were ones where you're getting fantasy value out of him. And he's just frankly on the floor enough right now where you almost have to. So Bagley is a rest-of-season guy. And my last rest-of-season guy is actually a little bit more fringy, which feels funny because he's probably the name I'm going to say where the most, the greatest number of you are all going to go, yeah, that's the one. And that's Austin Reeves, who posted these obscene numbers with LeBron and D'Angelo Russell out. And the Lakers have shown themselves to be a vastly superior team when Reeves is on the floor. And finally... Darvin Am and his coaching staff are like, all right, Austin, you have a, you can hang out in the starting lineup now instead of shoehorning these other dudes in there. It has weakened the Lakers bench, um, but it makes the team overall better. So I think he keeps his starting job. But the issue is, and that Chicago game uh, two days ago was kind of fool's gold in that Reeves played 29 minutes. Okay, that's fine. Around 30 minutes a game is, is sounds good to me. Had 19 points, 5 assists, and a steal and a 3-pointer. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Boo, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. And that sounds outstanding, which, frankly, it was pretty damn good. But we need to look at usage and opportunity. And those numbers are going to be lower for Reeves with D'Lo and LeBron back in there. And so he had this big game, but he did it on only eight shots and four free throws. Which you have to compare this to the games where LeBron or LeBron and D'Angelo Russell were out. The previous game, LeBron was back, 10 shots, one free throw. The game before that, guys were missing. 12 shots, 4 free throws. Game before that, 10 shots, 13 free throws. Game before that, 14 shots, 18 free throws. The usage will be lower, 
And Reeves is a guy who needs usage because he's not a big defensive stats dude. Not atrocious at it. And actually, defensively, he's not terrible, but that doesn't translate into steals all that often. He will get you some assists here, playing alongside players who are good. Like, good to great, actually. But, again, he's not the primary ball handler. And he's not running the second unit now, either, with Dennis Schroeder floating around in that second unit. So, Reeves is set to take a hit. Even while I say all that, it still seems like because of his efficiency... He's been an awesome field goal percent and free throw percent guy. And now that he's added passing to the mix, he probably does stay above the cut line, but he's trending down. He's trending down from like a top 50 run to more like a top 100 to 115 type of run, I believe. And we'll kind of see how this thing shakes out. I'm going to jump over the injury streamers. The YouTubers can see that that's actually the next one on the list, but there's so many of those that I want to kind of do that last in more of a Injury replacement lightning round, if at all possible. So let's go to the chopping block. Uh, Christian Wood is the first name on the chopping block. He's someone we've talked about at great length on this podcast and how he's probably not someone that needs to be held when both Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving are healthy. When either of them is out, Wood gets playing time. When both of them are out, Wood goes buck wild, but I don't expect that to happen the rest of the way. I guess we don't know, but, you know, only a handful of games left. So now as guys have come back and Wood has seen his minutes cut when each one of them returns, like when they're both out, he gets to play 26 to 30 minutes. When one of them's in, he plays like 22 to 24 minutes. And when they're both in, what did he get in that last game? Like 13 minutes, something like that. He's more between 12 and 20 in that zone because they just don't need his offense. They need someone who's out there and that's going to go stop somebody. Christian Wood is outside the top 115 over the last two weeks. That includes a stretch where Kyrie was out. Uh, and then over the last one week, he's averaging just 17 minutes a game, and he's sitting near the edge of the top 150. So this is going to end up as a pretty big disappointment, I think, of a season for Christian Wood. I feel uh, like a deep breath, honestly. I said this earlier this week. I dodged Wood. You guys know we talked about how I was fading him on draft day, and then he went on that hot run, and I thought, uh-oh. <laughs> did, we, did we biff this one? Nope, didn't biff it. Anyway, he's droppable, probably. But I call it the chopping block now because I want to put the final call in your hands. A little bit of a buck passing here on Fantasy NBA Today. I think you can drop Christian Wood. There's not enough games left in the season to think, well, what if somebody goes down? You know, somebody goes down, you pick him back up. Jared Vanderbilt's a drop. I liked him for a stretch while uh, LeBron was out, but Wenyan Gabriel chopped into his minutes, and now LeBron is back, so meh. Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs, they're going to go back to kind of kicking each other every other day, the way it was when they were both healthy. Anthony was solid when Suggs was out. They'll kind of flip-flop, um, but neither one of those dudes on the Roto side is worth playing. By the way, this conversation today is going to be a little bit more Roto-leaning again uh, because head-to-head -head leagues are wrapping up. And I get it, Orlando's got games today and Sunday, but they're overload days. I don't think either of those dudes is going to put up uh, overload-worthy stat lines. Which, okay, here's something. On an overload day, you're treating your lineup like all of us dudes that play Roto. You're picking your 10 best, effectively. That's what a lot of games cap Roto leagues are. You're picking their like, 11th or 12th best players over the course of a week. 
You got to do that for one day, head-to-headers. You think you can handle it? I believe in you. Herb Jones is on the chopping block. He's really cooled lately, and it's kind of coincided with Trey Murphy getting his confidence back and taking all of that remaining usage that didn't go to Brandon Ingram or C.J. McCollum or, or Jonas Valanciunas. So Herb is on the chopping block. I don't think he's a must-play guy. I know New Orleans has had a really good schedule this week, so you probably head-to-headers hold him through tomorrow. Um, but Roto-Leaguers, I think you could find something better on the wire right now. And Dante DiVincenzo, who we called a, a drop earlier this week, so we'll just sort of solidify that stance here on our Week in Review show. Uh, Gary Payton coming into uh, Golden State has made DiVincenzo fairly expendable, as has the flexibility of someone like a Jonathan Kaminga. <laughs> I mean, this is an insane noises outside the window day. I'm so very sorry, everybody. It's gone from It's gone from somebody knocking on the ceiling upstairs to a trash truck to now the gardeners what were they like on the back of the trash truck just riding along get out of here d'anthony melton is in my holds department and this is mostly because i think philly is kind of resigning themselves to the three seed in the eastern conference they're two and a half games back of the celtics and after boston uh clubbed the bucks in that last ball game uh, I feel like Philly can now look at Boston and say, you know what, they're probably not coming back to us. Those two teams do play on Tuesday, so maybe the Sixers ratchet it up here for a couple of more ball games, and if they win that one and get to within, I don't know, game and a half of the Celtics, then maybe you see the starters play all the way down the stretch. It just feels right now like the Sixers would love to get Embiid and Harden a little breather over these last few ball games, and maybe that's the same story for a Tobias Harris or a Tyrese Maxey. And when any one of those guys sits right now, because Jalen McDaniels got dinged up, DeAnthony Melton slides right back into a high-usage role, or at least a medium-usage one. So hold on to Melton. I think he's going to have some good games here over the last week and a half, um, even if there are a couple in there that are not as good. I think the overall product is going to be there. Watch list. Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly, Quentin Grimes. Grimes is on a heater, so he's a little bit of a different one. He's what... I don't have a category for heater streams. They come and go, and, like, by the time you get to a Friday show, sometimes they don't even make sense anymore. But Grimes is still on a heater. Play him while he's on a heater. That one's a little bit different than the Quickly, Obi Toppin thing. Um, I saw a lot of Obi Toppin ad rex on twitter yesterday when the julius randall news broke i'm not as completely sold on top and getting starters minutes um they will go up his minutes will bump from where they were which was uh pretty low because randall plays a ton of minutes and so top doesn't get to do very much uh, but Obi's generally in like the 13 to 14 range and then in the last ball game he only moved up to 17 and i know randall's injury came about halfway through, but you would have figured that if Toppin was the answer, his second half minutes, instead of being like, instead of going from seven to ten or whatever, they might have gone from seven to like a dozen or 14 even. And I would have expected him to get into the 20s in minutes in this last one against Miami, but instead they went small for stretches. They're willing to play Josh Hart at power forward against the teams where it makes sense. Now, they've got Cleveland. So tonight, by all accounts, 
is more likely to be a night you see Toppin because the Knicks will have to go a little bit bigger. Evan Mobley, well, actually, is Jared Allen still out? Let's get our Jared Allen update on that one. I think he's doubtful. Is that the last update on, on Allen? I'll dig that up while we're talking about this. If Mobley's at center and Jared Allen sits, uh, and I think... Here, wait. We'll get we'll get this information. Um, yes, it sounds like Allen is expected to miss this ballgame. I think he's doubtful. So then, uh, what? Lamar Stevens is that the guy on the other side? Isaac Okoro, something like that. That's not a big dude that's gonna beat you up on the interior. Toppin might start, but you might also just get a crap ton of Emmanuel quickly if they don't like the way the Toppin matchup is going. So yes, Obi gets a bump. His 14 minutes a game or 13 minutes a game probably jumps up towards, I don't know, 20. But I don't know that he gets to the 24 to 30 range that he probably needs for sustained fantasy value. So yes, I'm a little bit lower on top than I, than the general Twitter public. Um, maybe it works out. Again, Cleveland tends to go a little bit big, although they don't have the personnel for this one. Washington, the Knicks' next ball game, they're not playing that huge right now. Uh, Indiana, they're not big. Pelicans are pretty large. Maybe that's one you see more topping. I don't know. Knicks don't go up against a big, big, big front court here the rest of the way. So we'll see, but I'm not sold on it. Nick Batum is on my watch list. I did add him in a couple of spots. He tends to play better alongside a Clippers superstar because he plays better when the game rolls into the half court. The wide open game we got from the Clippers, 270 some odd points with the Grizzlies yesterday, two days ago, was not a Nick Batum game. He's not. That's just not one where he's going to be able to keep up. Kawhi comes back and the offense slides into a Kawhi-centric half court. Then Batum's fantastic. So it might be more of a matchup thing with Nick. And then the Hornets centers, who we haven't talked about in a little bit because it's silly and and we'll bring it up every time they play a game. Centers that are in for Charlotte today. I think it's Mark Williams and Nick Richards for this one. Or is it Mark Williams and Kai Jones? I don't know. If Mark Williams is playing, you can use him in whatever format. And I think he's got the next two in. I've lost track. I'll admit it. I've lost track of the Charlotte center rotation right now. There's angles here on the Roto side, playing whoever's starting at center for the Hornets and then abandoning ship when they get their scheduled rest day. But, you know, again, head-to-head side, you can't you can't deal with that. Now let's do the injury streams. God help us. We're going to get through these things. There are so, so many. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Ooh, boy. That's over a full team's worth. Reality team. Forget fantasy team. You can build two fantasy teams out of this, the injury replacements right now. But we're going to do this a little bit of a lightning round. I don't think you need that many explanations. If there's one where I want to pause and say a couple of words, I will, because no one can interrupt me. It's my damn show. Whiny little... Trey Murphy, who's basically a rest-of-season play because he's cooking because of Zion. Who knows when Zion will ever play another basketball game. Bruce Brown is an injury replacement because Contavious Caldwell-Pope is questionable and Jamal Murray, one of those two, or both possibly missed this game for the Nuggets on the back-to-back. Benedict Matherin is a streamer while Buddy Heald is out, although Heald did practice. 
apparently we got word that Buddy had to go to the ER for the flu he had. So he was pretty he was pretty beat up there for a couple of days. Uh, Matherin might still hold value after Heald comes back. I'm not fully sold on it, but again, with no Halliburton, no Miles Turner, uh, Neesmith I think is questionable. Y- you might still have enough there. Andrew Nemhard. Oh, I jumped over Isaiah Jackson. Isaiah Jackson with Miles Turner out. Nemhart with Halliburton out and TJ McConnell seemingly dialed down is a pretty good kind of like punt defensive stats type of point guard play. That one to me actually required one sentence of explanation. Taylor Horton Tucker with the Jazz looking like maybe they're going into shutdown mode here. I thought we might see Larry Markinen for a game or two the rest of the way, and maybe we still do. But as you know, if you got Sexton, Clarkson, and Markinen all out for Utah, then THT with all of his warts is gonna have enough usage for value. Chris Dunn, Ochai Abaji are the three Jazz. Sandro Mamukelashvili with Zach Collins sitting. I think he's out for this one for the Spurs. So Sandro gets the one game play. Russell Westbrook, you guys know my feelings on Russ. Probably not a nine cat roto play, but with Paul George out, uh, you got. I just did a Canadian thing there. I'm not Canadian. With Paul George out, mm, stretch the mouth out here a little bit, Russ is going to get to be maximum Russ, and that's good enough in a lot of builds. Rob Covington, if PG and Kawhi are both out, because you know me, anytime I can find an excuse to throw Rob Covington into the mix, I'm usually going to do it. Xavier Tillman, uh, when the Grizzlies play bigger teams, which they are mostly doing these days, Shaden Sharp, Matisse Thybul, Drew Eubanks for the Blazers in full shutdown mode. Trendon Watford would also make that list for the Blazers if he is indeed back for the next ballgame, which he has been upgraded to questionable. So uh, we may get some Trendon action here coming up. I like Trendon was actually my favorite stream on that team before he went down. Uh, he may just jump over all those other dudes. That would be totally fine by me. Monte Morris, Denny Avdia, Delon Wright with the Wizards seemingly in shutdown, although it does look like Christoph Porzingis. My my guess of him trying to get to 70 games has not been completely obliterated, not yet at least. Uh, Theo Maladon, if Dennis Smith Jr. is can, is still out for the Hornets, and Svi Mikhailiuk, who I only really feel comfortable using if Kelly Oubre Jr., Terry Rozier, and Gordon Hayward all sit for Charlotte because I need to make sure that Svi has every little droplet of usage they can probably get to him, and then I'll feel comfortable dropping him into a lineup. Okay, uh, that's the weekend review part of the show. We do have 30 teams playing over the course of this weekend. We have most of them playing tonight, actually, which uh, does make this uh, a little bit simpler, I suppose. Um, let's pull up... Let's do something new here. I want to present a different screen to the YouTubers. Uh, Basketball Monster has a nice little daily lineups page that I'm going to throw into the mix. I haven't done that before, but um, actually, that might be too small to read. If it's too small to read, I apologize. We're going to try it for the day. I don't know. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. You might need to pull this up on a a big MFing monitor if you're going to see it. I doubt you can read this stuff on your phone, Uh, which reminds me. If, you, uh, if you're if you listening on the recorded side, please do join us on YouTube. And a reminder, and I feel like I need to say this every show here down the stretch, I'll be with you guys all off-season long. All off-season 
long five days a week monday through friday we've got shows here fantasy nba today i'm going to try to do them on youtube i'd like to just sort of get into the habit of doing as many of these shows live as humanly possible and i'd love it if you guys would come along for me also please do sign up for a fantasy pass win your baseball league with a fantasy pass now that's at sportsethos.com and i think i talked a little bit about it on yesterday's show come try some sports betting with us the wager pass is just 14.99 a month and I'll tell you what, if you reach out to me on Twitter, at Dan Vespris, I'll give you a coupon code, and you can basically try the first month of the wager pass for damn near nothing. Not all the way to nothing. I can't discount it all the way. But I'd love to get you guys venturing into that world. We have a really good team that's just that's not trying to tout. They're not trying to ram crap down your throat. They're trying to give you winners and teach you along the way. And I just... I feel like we can turn some people into folks that enjoy sports betting and keep it away from the world that it used to be. Which is pretty sleazy. Sports betting was very sleazy. I worked in it for a while. It was uh it was it was a it was a gnarly little place. But now that it's opening up to the masses, we need to make sure people understand that they're doing it the right way, the safe way. Practice safe betting. Let us be your sports betting condom. Ooh. I'm going to leave that in the in the show. That's gross, but I'm leaving it in the show. All right, let's uh let's do a look ahead. Let's do all 30 teams. Sit back, relax and let me lightning round my words at you. Uh Chicago, Charlotte first two. We'll, we'll just go through it uh, piece by piece here. Nothing really on the Chicago side. Again, we're sort of past the the point of uh, long streaming discussion now. Um, Bulls have the two high-volume days, so you're not doing anything with that, and you've likely moved, used all of your roster moves, and if you haven't, you should be using them tomorrow anyway to try to squeeze out a game on a lower-volume day. Charlotte, uh, Dennis Smith Jr. is currently listed as questionable, as I just mentioned a second ago. If he sits, you can go Theo Maladone. If he plays, I would love... Dennis Smith Jr. would definitely make my top 10 on a streamer board if he plays. Uh, Mikhail Yuk, interesting, as we mentioned, if all three of the usage guys are out on that Charlotte side. Toronto in Philadelphia. Tobias Harris has a cold. He is questionable right now. The rest of the regulars are all slated to play in this ballgame. But again, the DeAnthony Melton hold was not necessarily about this one, but more about what you might be able to get out of him over the last week and a half when Philly almost, almost uh, unquestionably will sit someone someday in there. Toronto, uh, you know, they're, they're a start-the-starters team, so that's an easy one. Orlando, I'm not watching for a whole lot there. They, uh, With the exception of Gary Harris, four of the five starters are playable, and that's about as far as you go. For Washington, Daniel Gafford uh, might play. He has not yet been ruled out, but the biggest of the big guns, meaning Beal and Kuzma, the guys who really want to take all the shots, those guys are out already. Porzingis is still in there. Avdia is your Beal fill-in. Um, I guess Monte Morris. Avdi is your Kuzma fill-in. Monte Morris is your Beal fill-in. I have to admit, I like Monte and DeLon Wright more when Gafford sat and they went to that small lineup, but I think both of those guys probably cut it on the Roto side anyway. So I think I'd roll the dice on those two Washington guards, even if Gafford does play and and sort of squeezes everybody to a smaller slot on the roster. 
Shea Gilgis-Alexander got upgraded from out to questionable this morning. That's a really good piece of news for OKC. And another reminder, they're not tanking. They haven't tanked this year. Guys, you scream at me on Twitter about the tanking with Oklahoma City. They're the 10 seed people. There is no point anymore. If he can play, he'll play. If he doesn't, Josh Giddy gets a big, big bump. Isaiah Joe usually gets a bump. And in a game here against the Pacers, this, I mean, this could be a 275-point game. Like, legitimately, these teams are going to be firing, firing, firing. Aaron Neesmith, by the way, it sounds like he is expected to play for India. Earlier in the pod, I think he had was listed as questionable, but it looks like he's been upgraded from that point. Um, Isaiah Jackson is a play. Jalen Smith might get the start in this one. We'll see if he does. You might even be able to squeeze out a Jalen Smith game. We'll see what's up with Buddy Heald. If he plays, we'd start him. I think he wants to play, so that's something. And then Andrew Nemhard, who we talked about already. Jordan Nawara is also a possible scoring option. A lot of these guys get bumped down, the scoring heavy dudes at least, if Buddy Heald does play. Although if Heald plays, he probably comes off the bench anyway. Roto side, I like Isaiah Jackson. Nemhard, if you're assist hunting. Matherin for points and some rebounds. Nawara for kind of like a smattering of stuff. And that's about probably where I'm at with the mostly shut down Indiana Pacers. Knicks, we talked about them a bunch. Is it going to be Toppin? Is it going to be Quickly? Is it going to be a combo? The nice thing about Quickly is that he's already really close to fantasy value. So all he needs is like another three-ish minutes on the floor. And I think he gets that here with Randall out. In addition to the extra usage, Toppin is the one that has a long way to go. And that, to me, is why I'm less confident in it. You know, he needs to go from 14 minutes to 28. Quickly needs to go from, like, 26 to 29. That's a much easier jump. Nothing on Cleveland, Atlanta, Brooklyn. eh, Not a whole lot there. I mean, Brooklyn's still the same four guys. Atlanta's kind of the same... Five guys, Trey, DeJounte, Collins, Capella, Okongwu. Everybody else is a schedule play. Utah, sounds like everybody's still out for this game in Boston. Markin, I think, is ruled out already, so you can go THT. Abaji, done. I'm fine with. I mean, obviously, Walker Kessler, because he's been kicking ass for a long time now. For Boston, might be an opportunity to sit some studs here with Utah also kind of sitting everybody. We'll see if the, the Celtics remove any of the regulars. Al Horford, Time Lord, Robert Williams, those guys are expected to get the day off. So if Tatum or Brown also sits, you get a ton of Derek White, a ton of Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, you could possibly even get a big Grant Williams game, although he's a little bit iffy. And then, you know, Blake Griffin is your weirdo fill-in star, but I don't think I'm going down that path. Lakers we talked about already. Austin Reeves is the only one that you're sort of teetering on the fence with here. Minnesota, uh, I'm still rolling the Kyle Anderson dice. I think Mike Conley has a pretty good ball game. They're going to need him to stabilize here against the Lakers. Um, No real big changes on the Minnesota valuation. For Detroit, I just, I hate, I hate you so much. (laughs) See, I hate you so much, Pistons. Play Jalen Duran, you jerks. Enough of this crap. Anyway, Bagley, Durin, those guys I think you can start in 9-cat. Not sure anybody else fits it for 9-cat. Ivy, 8-cat or punt various builds. Wiseman is also a little bit of a punt build kind of dude. Hayes is, I think, way down the board here. But, you know, I I get it. Like, if you wanted to try to 
ring four assists out of somebody. I, I wouldn't. Houston, K.J. Martin is questionable. I think he's played in every game for the Rockets this year, and I'm betting he'd like to keep that streak alive, so I expect him to try to play. Uh, but even if he plays, he's not going to be at full strength. So this is probably a better game for Tari Eason now on the Houston side. Clippers, Kawhi Leonard is questionable. If he's out, you can probably go Russ, Zubots, and Rocco, maybe Bones. If Kawhi is in, it it really does change things dramatically. You go Kawhi, you probably still go Russ. Zubots is still okay. It probably changes the Bones-Roko combo to Batum instead. So that's a lot hinging on whether or not Kawhi is in this one or the game tomorrow. Memphis, everybody's back, so uh, nothing, no surprises there. Sacramento, no surprises. I think the Kings, feels like the Kings would love to get a little bit of a breather here. My guess is that they play this one out because the Grizzlies have the Clippers, so the Kings are going to hope that Memphis loses this game and they can claw it within a game of the Grizz. Grizzlies' schedule is a weird mixed bag after this game with the Clippers. They're on the road to take on a Bulls team that's very hit or miss. More hit than miss lately, but still pretty hit or miss. Then a tanking Blazers club. Then a Pelicans team that's going to be fighting for their lives. A Bucks team that might be sitting everybody. And then a Thunder team that, who knows, are they going to still be fighting for that last play-in spot on the last day? So the Kings, I think, are largely doing stuff based on what the Grizzlies are up to. And so if Memphis who lost their last one and brought the Kings back to within two games of the two seed, well, if the Kings can reach to within one game, that'll keep the regulars in there for Sacramento. And if they fall back somehow, I don't think the Kings lose in Portland, but let's say that by the end of the weekend, the Kings are still two games back with a week to go. I mean, I would expect then some Sacramento players to get a game or two off during that final week, which is actually a really tough week scheduling-wise after the Kings have a super easy weekend. Let's get back to the uh, the Blazers. Um, if Trendon Watford is in, you can probably stream four out of the five starters for Portland. Eubanks, Watford, Thibel, Sharp, Nas Little is the ones that, I, that I'm probably not rolling with. For the Spurs right now, Keldon Johnson is in. Zach Collins is out. So Sandro is in. Trey Jones is in. Devin Vassell is questionable. I'm betting he does play, but the Spurs are such a mess. Like, you're basically just dealing with this team on the Roto side at this point because head-to-head they're playing every other day, and that's inexcusably annoying. For the Warriors, uh, they may go small ball here again against the Spurs, so if Jonathan Kaminga gets the start, he could be a little bit of a one-night stand. I guess it would be a two-game stand after he started the last one, but I don't think this is a thing that sticks. Golden State is going matchups here. They went small uh, against the Pels earlier this week. They'll probably have to go big against Denver if Jokic is back. Thunder, maybe they go small again. Sacramento, they'd go big, so on and so forth. So, again, you're going matchup ball with Jonathan Kaminga. Denver, Jokic is still questionable, right? Calf soreness. KCP has the flu. Jamal Murray is dealing with the knee soreness, so this might be a throwaway game for the Nuggets. We'll see. Phoenix is just going to want to get Kevin Durant acclimated, so I expect everybody to play for the Suns, and especially when you consider the fact that the Suns are a half game up on the Clippers for the four seed, so they're gunning for it right now. Um, Phoenix is actually, believe it or not, a pretty damn good team to have the players on down the stretch. Go figure. Trying to guess which of these teams is going to be playing all their guys. Man, what a, 
what a bleep show. Uh, let's turn to Saturday. We don't have uh, the the lineup sheet to go off for that one. Dallas, we've talked about them. It's basically just the two superstars. Um, Miami, main three guys, as far as I'm going with that. Clippers, we talked about. Pelicans, Herb Jones has moved out of the picture for me. Um, so it's the other starters for New Orleans, which would be CJ, Trey, Valanchunas, and, uh, and Brandon Ingram. And then is there anybody that doesn't go Friday or Saturday? Milwaukee, I think, the only team that doesn't go today or tomorrow. And for them, when they're healthy, it's the main four. So no real fantasy surprises there. And that brings us to the end of our last week in review edition of this season of Fantasy NBA Today. Again, we'll be back with you. Don't worry. Five shows every week. Fear not. It just won't be week in review. Monday, we will have our very last reverse chronological lightning round of this NBA campaign. So we're starting to wrap things up here on Fantasy NBA Today. We'll roll you through next week. We'll analyze every card as we have been. And then by Friday of next week, we'll start to do a little bit of a season in review. And we'll roll into Monday. We'll start uh, handicapping the uh, various playoff stuff. Do some handicapping on the pod. Um, and we'll do lessons learned. Can't believe we're that close to lessons learned already. Man alive. Oh, guys, I'm going to miss these games soon. Not going to cry yet, though. We still got a week and, and change left. But, yeah, I do always feel down when that happens. Uh, hey, again, go check out our guys over at Ethos Fantasy BB when you can. Like, maybe now would be a good time to do it. Um, and uh, go get a wager pass, but also hit me up about it. You can throw it in the YouTube chat. You can hit me up on Twitter if you're interested in checking out sports betting with some dudes that are actually going to help you kind of walk through it. That's where we're going to get you there. I am Dan Vespers for Fantasy NBA Today. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you all on Monday.